Well, the big story around Smashville, the debut of Yaroslav Askarov, the number one draft pick, makes his debut for Nashville last night. Maybe one of the most anticipated NHL debuts in Nashville Predators history. Unfortunately, he couldn't pick up the win in his debut against a lowly Montreal Canadiens team. We'll talk about it today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Uh, so. How about that? We got our wish. What are we going to wish for today? <laughs> uh, how about some consistency from the Nashville Predators? That would be swell. It would be swell and yeah. a wish, a pipe dream, one might say. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if I've ever seen people like I know I couldn't physically see anybody, but mm-hmm. I could sense like a bunch of Preds fans running to their TV at about six thirty to get ready for a game. They probably had little interest in watching before this. Yes. Uh, and then as soon as that Askarov news dropped, that the news that Yaroslav Askarov was going to start Kevin Lincoln and still wasn't feeling 100%, uh, you could just, if like, you know, it's like hearing, putting your ear to the ground and hearing like the stampede of the Buffalo. <laughs> it's like you hear like the Preds fans just sprinting to their couches and being like, oh yeah, this is, this is must watch now. Yeah. I was actually at my son's wrestling match, which already is just a place of nothing but nervousness and anxiety for me. It's really, it's a whole thing. But I'm scrolling through my phone. And here's what I will say about the Predators organization. They did a great job intentionally or unintentionally. I think they were just going about their business. But man, did they build the drama because they waited and waited and waited to say, here's the starting lineup. And normally they'll post something after morning skate and there was nothing. And as the day went on, there was nothing. And then as it got closer to game time, there was nothing. And I kept thinking, okay, if it's not Askarov, they would be like, hey, look at Kevin Lankin and warming up. Yeah. But there was just nothing. And so by the time I think the tweet came out with like, here's the starting lineup, you know, here's who is going to be taking the ice for the Predators. And just all it was is at the bottom, it said Iskarov. I was like, well, you have just executed this fever pitch flawlessly for well, Nashville. Well, they, they milked that. First, you had, you know, the Chris Mason uh, doing that. And then the first thing they posted, the first thing the Preds posted was Askarov warming up for his first lap. Like oh. getting like walking out alone for his first lap. And he's like making his debut. And it was like, oh. all right. So you know, sweet. and then and then they posted the graphic, and then they posted the lineup and stuff like that. So predators, uh, 
they they knew the reaction this was gonna get and i'm with you i think they might have just milked it a little bit <laughs> to try to get some maximum drama here like it i fell in that rabbit hole folks i was like one eye on wrestling two eyes when it was my own kid but one eye on the wrestling match and scrolling through my phone waiting for the updates of like okay post it post a lot you gotta you've gotta tell us something soon right and then I am a sucker for a rookie's first lap. Like just the yeah. mom and me just gets a little bit weepy. And so to get to watch that and uh, see that for him and just how this, this player is so delightful, y'all. He is yeah. so delightful. It was really sweet. But then the game happened. Yeah. More on Askarov in a second. Well, he's obviously a big part of the show today. But let's yeah. talk about the game. Yeah. Uh, Predators jumped out to a early one nothing lead. Uh, and then uh, things got a little bit hairy. The little uh, Canadians went up 2-1. to one. Um, one of those on, you know... Yes, a mistake from Askarov. Philip Forsberg tied it, and then we had back-to-back -back goals from Cole Caulfield, both on the power play, both kind of the same play. Yusuf Harsanen added a late goal with just about a minute and a half left to make it interesting. The Preds could never uh, quite get the puck past Sammy Montembeau at the same time. 4-3 Canadians, the final score. Uh, kind of a bad defensive performance from Nashville. And what was your one word to describe last night's game? So I, the, the game itself was actually very frustrating to me. So I, of course, as a Hoctivist, leaned into the Yaroslav Askarov narrative with my one word. And so my one word is baby steps. So when my oldest was just about the age, he was about 10 months old, nine and a half months old, and we were visiting my father-in-law. And my father-in-law just happened to say, hey, does he walk? And I was like, I don't think so. And my father-in-law picked him up and put him on his feet. And then my child walked across the room. <laughs> and here's the thing. It wasn't, you know, he didn't skip. He didn't sashay. He didn't, you know, it was unsteady. It was maybe a little bit awkward. You knew he needed some work on it, but the child walked across the room. Like he didn't take a first step. He cleared a room with his first steps. And I feel like that's a little bit what happened with Askarov. I feel like I would not, I don't think anybody anticipated we would probably see him in Nashville. I don't think we would have seen him in Nashville this season were it not extenuating circumstances of a road trip, back-to-back -back games, Kevin Lankin and can't go. This sure. was kind of a, a, a fluke. This was John Hines going, can he walk? You know, we don't have anybody else to get across the room. Can this one walk? And what we saw from him was he can walk. Now, is he ready to run in the NHL? Is he going to be sashaying across NHL ice anytime soon? No, but he can walk. And so for me, I tried to focus on that because so much of the rest of the game and the performance by a lot of the rest of the team was a little bit too disappointing to make my one word. Yeah, I pick when you tell me that story, I picture John Hines picking up Yaroslav Askarov and putting him right in front of the goal and just seeing like can he walk and then he just you know starts is looking around and then sashaying his way into <laughs> acrobatic saves i mean is that the way it happened we can't confirm or deny yeah there we it have, have been no, like that we have nothing to confirm it we have nothing to oppose it mm -hmm. so, so so you know 
when in doubt, let it hang. Yeah, let we'll, it hang we'll, in the air. We'll put the burden of proof on John Hines on that one. I choose to believe <laughs> that's what happened. That's right. What is your one word? It is kind of keeping the baby theme. Baptism. Oh yeah. As in the baptism by fire. This was if as spot on of a welcome to the Nashville Predators game <laughs> that you could give to a young goaltender. I mean, how many times over the years have we talked about the goalies basically having to bail out uh, some questionable performance in front of them? And it seems like that's what Yaroslav has Askarov had to do mm-hmm. last night uh, to keep the Predators in this game. Because let me tell you, Anne, the defense in front of Askarov, one of the worst. Woof. <laughs> I think I've seen the Predators in quite some time. And it's funny because you look at the shots on goal, 35, and it's, you know, the Preds have had some games since then where they've given them more shots on goal, mm-hmm. but actually looked a little bit tighter. This is just like, you know, quality chances coming in from left to right. And, you know, this isn't just like, you know, you're you're clogging up the lane so the other team is having to just fire shots from the blue line and hope for some deflections and whatnot. These were 35 mostly really good chances, mm-hmm. like from high danger areas. And we saw a lot of defensive breakdowns uh, last night. Really, other than Ryan McDonough, I would say a lot of, you know, arguably in terms of just pure defense, a lot of the five remaining five guys, some of their worst performances of the year. Yeah. It was just sloppy. Uh, they lost track of people way too much. Yes. I mean, you saw the Cole Caulfield score on the exact same play. Exact twice, same play. Nobody, nobody defended him. Nobody defended the passing lane. Nobody defended the shot. I mean, good on Montreal for setting that up because that's a good play both times. Mm-hmm. But you did a lot where you kind of hung a scar off out to dry. Yeah. And I think that wound up being the difference because you look – that second goal, we'll talk about this in a, in a second, but that second goal that Skaroff gave off, bad play on him, um, you know, but also equally is kind of a mm-hmm. messy play from the defense there. Yes. You know, the other, the other goals you're able to look at and say, you know what, there was a big defensive breakdown here. Really, all, all four goals you look at and you kind of look at and say, okay, there, there was definitely kind of a mistake here somewhere. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I wondered as I was watching the game, how much of that is just this team is tired or just the defense was not dialed in. I also wonder how much of that are they mentally adjusting to, hey, we've got to help the rookie goaltender. Because on some, like a couple of times, they were so in front of Askarov that they weren't playing the open guy off to the side. So yeah, it just defensively, it was a little bit wolf. Yeah. Wolf. Uh, yeah. Not let's wolf. Uh, let's focus in on Askarov's performance uh, because obviously that's the big talking point. Uh, I think we've established the defense has been bad. Um, so we will talk about where the Preds go from here. Uh, but first let's take a minute and talk to you about Built Bar. They're our sponsors for today's show. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, Built Bar 
is for you, my friend. We just got through the holidays. I know I want to eat a little bit healthier this year. So if you're like me where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to give up taste or something that tastes sweet, then Built Bar is something that you got to try with. Built Healthy actually is tasty. Seriously, you're, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. So what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, a cherry barcia, so many amazing flavors, you name it, they probably have one. And don't let this uh, think that this is just a, you know, a candy bar or a fake sweet protein bar that's actually loaded uh, with unhealthy ingredients. Bill bars are only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of collagen protein. And now, you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. You can now get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. If you head to the nearest Walmart, walk up to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. And as always, you can order a box of several different flavors at Built.com. So log on today and see what flavors they have available for you. All right, Ann. Big story for the Nashville Predators, other than the 4-3 loss to the Montreal Canadiens, was the debut of Yaroslav Askarov, the former first-round pick for the Nashville Predators. Uh, anticipate big anticipated debut. Huge. What are your thoughts on how he played? You know, I was actually kind of impressed, not necessarily so much about the performance itself, but the fact that he came in and fans got a really good look at his game. He didn't really adjust his game a ton. He played very much like he plays in Milwaukee. And I wondered how much he might, he has a very bold style of play as I guess the best way, I, you know, he's very um, aggressive. He's very bold. He likes to be involved. He plays very confidently. And I didn't know how much of that would translate in an NHL debut where he's nervous and this sort of kind of came up out of nowhere. But I think fans got a really good look at exactly who he is in net. Now, is he going to improve? And, you know, what's he going to look like when he becomes a regular NHLer? We'll see that. But we got a really good look at this is Yaroslav Askarov's game. This is his game. This is how he plays in net. And, you know, kudos to him for not making a lot of big adjustments to his game to try to fit in or to tone it down because it was a bigger stage or, you know, a tougher opponent. So, you know, I thought we really saw who he was. I thought he played aggressively. I thought he played with a lot of confidence. I thought he played very bold. Like, he's not looking to just sort of chip the puck over to the sideboards. He's looking for the stretch pass. You know, yeah. he's looking to be involved in this game anytime the puck comes near him. And he's looking to advance it. He's looking to do more than maybe what he needs to do. But that's his style of play. He's just confident. He's bold. He has no fear leaving the net 
to go and try to make a big play that may have caught caught him a little bit in this game. Um, and he didn't have a lot of defensive support with that either. Yeah. We've already touched on that, but that's just what's real folks. Um, so I thought yeah. this was a great game, especially for the fans who want to know what is all the, what is all the buildup around this goaltender? What is different about him? Why are people so fired up about the future of goaltending with this kid? That's why he's just unique. He's different. He's bold. He's confident. Um, he wants to get involved. And so I loved this performance because he brought that to the ice. Like he didn't shrink away from that. He didn't try to play less than who he is. He didn't try to change his game. We saw what he does. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, him being super aggressive and, you know, going out and trying to be active with the puck and maybe making some plays that we would call goalie adventure time. The Preds, <laughs> that's what, that's why the Preds like him though. Yeah. Is, is because he goes out and makes plays like that. That's part of the game, and they don't want that to change, and we don't want that to change. I think you look at the second goal, and I think maybe the Preds aren't used to quite having um, a goalie like that. They need to change. Also, Askarov's got to you know, make sure if he's going to make a play like that, it's got to be on point because, there's, as we saw, there's no room for error. So yes. I think a bit of a learning experience for everybody. But, yeah, you know, if – you, you think back to goalies like Billy Smith and Martin Brodeur, um, you know, Mark Andre Fleury to an extent, some of these mm -hmm. really aggressive goalies, you know, if they're able to kind of make that play where they go out to the corner and, you know, make a stretch pass or go out to the corner and kind of, you know, stop a puck and try to make a play, you know, that can actually kind of change what your opponent opposing teams done. Like, you know, you may wind up having to trap a tired line, out there, you know, you may wind up having to, uh, you know, keep people in your zone and eliminate, you know, the forecheck because you don't want to be beat on a stretch pass. Mm -hmm. So if the Preds can clean that up, you know, I, I think that fits exactly into what they want to do. Um, you know, the thing for me, Anne, is I think Askarov got better as the game went on too. I mean, you Agreed. saw it was, you know, that first sequence, you know, two minutes in, you're looking at, it's like, okay, I see some nerves, you know, the, yeah. the, the one where, you know, he was trying to cover the puck, you know, I think it was McDonough that, you know, tapped it back to him so he could cover it. And he just, for whatever reason, couldn't, you know, couldn't it was like, yeah. it was like a game of whack-a-mole where every time he put his <laughs> little pad yes. and blocker down, uh, it just, the puck would just go like whoop and then pop up over the air. Um, you know, I, I thought, um, but you know, after that sequence, the Canadians still got a lot of shaky, just like, you know, shaky plays on Askarov and mm -hmm. he started doing better. Like he started actively kind of bailing the defense out and helping yes. the defense end some plays, uh, that they did. And, you know, you saw that throughout the game and then he just kind of started making more and more saves, really good save. Um, you know, in the, in the first period where he, you know, dove all the way across the net and, you know, yes. and got, you know, just the edge of his toe to keep the puck out of a wide open net, really good save. You know, I'm sure we'll see more like him. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's a lot of those plays and he just kind of started settling in and mm -hmm. made more really good hockey saves. And, um, you know, it's a shame that, you know, he he lost this game yeah. uh, again. I think a big part of that might be that the Preds in front of him 
uh, played one of their worst defensive games in a very, very long time. Um, but, you know, for in, in terms of just keeping it to Askarov, you know, you like what we see. You like what he you – know, you like the fact that he got better as he went on. I think mm-hmm. there are some things that he needs to tweak, some things that he's going to get better at uh, the more time he plays. Um, and, you know, especially when it comes to, like, NHL timing and shot timing and knowing, you know, kind of being able to read plays and slide over, like, you know, maybe – uh, you know, a year from now, he makes a save on one of those cold caught field shots because like right. UC Soros, he's able to kind of anticipate that coming. Right. Um, so, you know, that's that's just something that as Askarov gets more NHL time, the more he's going to be able to kind of help on those kind of plays. And you're going to see him be like UC Soros is, you know, a game changing goaltender if he keeps mm-hmm. developing the way he thinks we think he's going to. Yeah, I would agree. And I thought once he settled in, now he did not have much of a chance to settle in because Montreal had 10 high danger chances in the first period alone. Montreal ran all over Nashville in that first period. Time of possession, shot quality, just that first 20 minutes. I mean, that was definitely, to use your word, baptism by fire for Askarov. But he did settle in and we did see him make some, like you said, some great saves. I mean, this this young kid faced a you know more than one breakaway chance, you know, and the Predators gave up some offense to Montreal that, you know, he handled really well. So when it comes to his performance, I think it was a really solid first NHL debut game for him. And you can see what the Predators saw in him. At some point, we probably need to talk about Nashville on the rest of the ice because, you know, we talked about the defense, but what is up with missing some offensive chances? Like Colton Sissons, man. Colton Sissons. I mean, look, that net was as wide open as it is when we women go for hockey and heels and they let us shoot. (laughs) And there's no goaltender. Like, that's how open that net was. And and look, they're on knives on ice going at a velocity. So I grace and abundance. But those are the shots that this, you know, the Predators have got to make those shots. The Predators could have and should have won this game. Not to say Montreal did not play well because Montreal did play well. But the Nashville Predators should have won this game. They just missed. They missed defensively some really important plays and offensively they just were not able to capitalize so it was a little bit frustrating all the way around we do probably need to talk about special teams as well and where the Nashville predators you probably need to i don't really want to either Um, but we probably need to talk about special teams and just where this nashville predators team is trending in general, as we return home, they're going to take on Buffalo on Saturday. We're going to do that in just a second. First, want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur sport and league that is out there. 
Of course, they have all the pro football odds going into this weekend and headed up to the Super Bowl. They cover college basketball, all kinds of college sports. They cover international soccer. They have everything that you could be interested in at betonline.net. So if you love sports podcasts, and we're assuming that you might, you can even find some of those at BetOnline as well. BetOnline is always the fastest and it is the easiest way to get in your betting information. So head to their website today or you can just use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ann. Uh, the team in front of the Nashville Predators, or in front of Yaroslav Askarov. The Nashville Predators in front of Askarov. Yeah. Uh, as we've established, not their best game uh, defensively. No. On the other end of the ice, I mean, it's funny. You look at natural stat trick and, you know, the Preds actually wound up with 4.33 expected goals, uh, which means Sammy Montembeau had a very good game in net for the Canadians. I think we have to kind of tip our hat to them. Yes. Somebody on Twitter uh, said, it's like, you're, you're not going to have Carey Price and PK Subban in the building and not have one of your best goaltending performances of the night. So true. You know, tip, tip of the cat to him. Um, but, you know, you alluded to before the break and um, just, it seems like there's a lot of chances that the Preds can't convert on, you know, especially kind of, as it turned out late in the game, there's just a lot of good plays that, you know, it, they're really good plays. You get to open spots, and then there's just kind of nobody there, you know, to, to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have we have Philip Forsberg, but there's just a lot of, of chances where it's just, you know, it just doesn't seem like anybody can take that last really good shot or, you know, make that last move in front of the net uh, to turn a really good chance into a goal. And that's kind of been the Achilles heel for Nashville, for what three seasons now well last season they had Forsberg and Duchesne this season we have Forsberg Mm -hmm. and I think we have to talk about that and you know this pains me and we will just hope that my husband doesn't listen to this episode but let's talk about you know the players who we need to step up offensively like Matt Duchesne like Ryan Johansson like last night, Colton Sissons, God bless. These guys are not finishing. And yeah. you can't rely. I think everybody watching that game last night after Yuso Parson and got us within one, everybody knew who's going to take that last shot. Who do you have to defend against? It's going to be Philip Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Where's Philip Forsberg going to take that shot? It's going to come from circle. Or maybe Roman Yossi. But when you look at the other players that are out there, you know, right now, offensively, Matt Duchesne is not a big threat. And I hate to say that, and we're just going to not bring that up to Mr. Kimmel. But Matt Duchesne is having a rough, he's having a rough go. And the guys who we need to be producing offensively, we're relying right now on Philip Forsberg's hot streak and pretty much that alone. Mm-hmm. The other guys have got to step up. The other thing that is concerning to me is special teams is now trending in the wrong direction. The Predators were pulling it all together. Things were coming together. The penalty kill was looking terrific. Uh, The power play, all of a sudden, we're like, look at us. 
Like, go ahead and take one of your guys off and we're going to actually make it cost you something instead of just a well-rested guy after two minutes. Not been great lately. They've been, uh, they were 0 for 12 in their last four games, three for 19 on the power play in January, the Predators are. So we're back to that almost embarrassing power play percentage. They've got to address this. We can't go back in that direction, especially at this point in the season where the Predators are in the standings. There is no room for this kind of downward trajectory on something as important as special teams. There is no room where the Predators are in the standings and where they want to be at the end of the season for them to be trending downward, for their top players to be trending downward when it comes to their offensive production. And unfortunately, these last couple games, that's what we've seen. You know, they only got one goal against Toronto, which that's against Toronto. But you've got to be able to capitalize on special teams. They've got to get back to doing what they were doing when they were having success on the man advantage. And it's a little bit alarming. I really felt like at the end of this five-game road trip, we were going to have a much clearer idea of like, okay, this is probably what the Predators are going to do at the trade deadline. Look, I am a optimist. I see you laughing. (laughs) But I am a optimist. I thought we're but, going but Ann, to isn't, know. Isn't this always the story of the Nashville Predators? It's just we always think we know what's coming. Like we always think we see a trend. And then it's just all of a sudden it's just like a record scratch. And then the trend goes the other way where it's like a roller coaster where it's like we're going up. We're, you know, we're <laughs> feeling the anticipation. We're like, the playoffs are right there. And then just all of a sudden the bottom just falls out and the, in the roller coaster breaks and, you know, everybody's screaming for life as fire rains upon down upon us. Isn't that like Nashville Predators hockey? You know, every time we think there's some upward trajectory, every time we think, okay, we're getting things going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we finally have all these, you know, good pieces, these good parts of our game that are starting to work together and look, we're, we can be a good team. And then it just seems like one bad game happens or like Mm -hmm. one kind of, you know, because as we've said that Toronto, even though they lost, that was not a bad game. That wasn't a bad game. Last night was a bad game. Yeah. And it just seems like, and it just seems like there's, you know, one of those where it's just like, you know, there's this run of good play. And then there's like, one like loss that it's like, you know, you don't want to lose. It might be in heartbreaking fashion, but you look at it and say, okay, we can be proud of that. There's still stuff to build on. And then just the very next game is just the Preds just come out and, and you know, crap the bed. So drop to speak. a deuce. Yeah. It's just, there's, I, I don't know what it is about this team where it's like they get hit in the mouth once and it takes them like a week to recover. Mm-hmm. And you look who's and if you you know you talk about the defense having a breakdown, look who's on the schedule next. It's the Buffalo Sabers, the NHL's best offense, a team averaging four goals per game this yes. season. Four yes. goals per game, which means they're average. They have yes. from the scoreboard. That is a lot of goals. One of the highest scoring offenses in years. I mean, they score more than the Connor McDavid Oilers. That is a team that you cannot have that performance. But given what we've talked about, you know, we, we look back and it's like, we look at that game. It's like, Oh God. 
Like yeah. what's going to happen in that one? I mean, and that's, that's the frustrating thing for the Nashville Predators. And, you know, that's the frustrating thing that happens if we're headed for a rebuild is because we have seen what this team can be. And when this team is playing towards their ceiling, they can be any team in the NHL. We've yeah. seen that. But mm -hmm. when they get hit in the mouth, when they have pieces that just aren't coming together, we've seen big stretches of them just playing frustrating hockey. And that's the thing. It's just this like, you know, it's not, you know, people say, you know, the Nashville Predators are a bad hockey team. I, I mean, I might debate that sometime, but it's just they've, They've never gotten just everything together to work perfect. We have seen what this team can be. It's just we haven't seen this team be that team. Where does the the fault of that inconsistency lie? And that may be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But where does the fault of that inconsistency lie? Because I 100% agree with you. We have seen that this Nashville Predators team can beat the top teams in the league. They can yeah. beat the top teams in the league and then they can lose to some of the worst teams in the league. And I get that there's ebb and flow a little bit, but the pattern for Nashville is inconsistency. And, uh, you know, you asked me who's, who's to blame. Mm -hmm. I know what some people listening are going to want to say, but 100%. this is now, this has now happened across two head coaches and you know what? Yeah, there, there maybe is some responsibility on the head coach, um, but this is, you know, and, and maybe it's on the GM for putting this team together and not finding players to kind of fit that consistency. But it's also on the players, Anne. I mean, this core has been together since 2014, mm -hmm. you know, coming up on a full decade with this core. And it's, you know, it's not just, you know, new players coming in and out of the lineup that are, you know, playing inconsistent. It's some of the players that you expect to be the consistent leaders of this team that just go get red hot, you know, get absolutely red hot where everything's working for them. And then just ice cold with not a lot of average in between. That's like, you know, I guess here's like my rant. It's like, you know, before we rebuild, I just want to see what this team is like when they're average. Like, yes. I just want to see the average team. Like, I want to see an average year from Matt Duchesne. I want to see an average year from Ryan Johansson. I don't necessarily need to see, like, that 90-point performance every single year. But I also don't want to see the stretch where you're, like, on pace for 30 points either. Like, yes. just give me something right in the middle. Like, give me, give me what your career average is. Do that with every player on this Preds team. And then I want to see where we are as a team. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's this weird thing where it's like career worst seasons, bottom of the barrel seasons, followed by this amazing record-breaking season, followed by, you know, other than Philip Forsberg, who's heating up, again, some on pace for some career bad seasons again. I just, I want to see just average. Just give me average. Mm -hmm. Show us who you are in jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. Don't need to see you in a tux. Don't need to see you in your workout clothes. Show me who you are in jeans and a t-shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Great analogy. Yep. You should say that for a future one word. 
There we go. Maybe yeah. Monday after the Buffalo Sabres game on Saturday. Heaven help us, y'all. Heaven help us. Buffalo Sabres coming to town Saturday night. And normally that sentence would not invoke any sort of nerves or fear. But the Buffalo Sabres, whole thing. They're whole a thing fun, right now. They're a fun team too, Anne. They are. Let me tell you, like, I, you know, we love the Nashville Predators, but if there's a Buffalo Sabres game on, you can bet I'm going to be watching that because they are so fun right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the good news for the Nashville Predators is they're only three points out of a wild card spot right now and have a few games in hand on all the teams in front of them. So, you know, who knows? A, a big win against Buffalo maybe turns the corner, maybe gets things going in the right direction. We'll see. We'll be back Monday to uh, break down all of that, the highs and lows of the week with plus minus. So make sure you guys are tuning in. Uh, and until then, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at K underscore mama on ice. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're there, be sure to follow the podcast as well, LO underscore Predators. Keep sending in your one word, subscribe each game. Keep sending in your thoughts on players, teams, all that good stuff. Let us know what you thought of Eskarov's performance last night. We love hearing from you. However you're listening to this right now, whether you're watching us on YouTube, hi, whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Not only will you know when we have fresh content out for you, but it also helps us out. And if you like us, you should want to help us out. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back Monday with an all-new episode, folks. See you then.